I mean, I'll be honest, it only feels like a couple of months since the last December the 1st, but anyway. Um, you know, we've been surrounded by Christmas lights, and if you've gone into any shops, Christmas music for weeks and weeks now. But somehow the reality of hitting the 1st of December um, makes it feel a whole lot more real. I don't know if it feels like that for you. I mean, walking in here and seeing the place so beautifully decorated as well. Um, it's, it's just, you know, it's just a reminder that it's coming out very quickly. So, um, so next weekend we're going to be having our carol services. These are just real highlights in our in our year together, and I, I'm so excited. I know that, you know, that what they've got planned is just going to be awesome. So, really love you to kind of be around for that as well. And and you've seen what's coming up the week a weekend after that. That's the 15th of December for the all age service, um, and. Um, yeah, you've seen the trailer, so who knows what to expect from Dave and Gareth on that, that weekend. Um, but these are just great opportunities to be able to invite other people along as well. So, um, you know, whether that be your family, friends, colleagues, neighbours, um, it's just one of those great times of church where people are more likely to say, yeah, I'll come along to the Christmas service. You know, people do that. Um, and in fact, you know, there was a UK survey a couple of years ago that said that 25% of people... Um, said they would go to church if only they were invited. So there's lots of reasons why many of us find it really hard. I don't know if you find it hard sometimes to invite people, um, but perhaps there's a bit of fear attached to it um, that, you know, maybe someone might say no to you. And then you think through it, actually, that's not the end of the world, is it? But, you know, maybe it's helpful for us to rethink, you know, what actually success looks like in this. You know, sometimes it is, you know, success might feel to us like it's actually someone coming along with us. Um, but really, that's just a measure of whether or not people might say yes or not. Um, and that's really important. It's really great. But the win is, I just want to, you know, make, let's hear this this morning, that the win is in inviting someone, whether it's yes or whether it's a no that you get back. Because, you know, one invitation could change somebody's life. So just be thinking over the next few days, who could you personally invite? Who is it that you've been praying for, longing uh, to come to this kind of thing and just to encounter Jesus? Who can you invite? Now, we'd also love you to pick up a pack or two of postcards today, um, and those will go around in just a moment. Um, but, um, but we would just love you to, th um, to think about the street around you. Maybe just grab a couple of those packs. They're in packs of 25, and go and just deliver them to your neighbours. Um, and before they go around, I just want to tell you two stories of people that have been busy delivering cards this last week. Um, the first one is, is someone who's part of Riverside. They happen to be delivering a postcard um, to another house at the same time as their regular Amazon delivery driver. Um, the driver recognized him. The cover was completely blown. And they asked him what the card was about. So this guy told him. So he told him, um, and this driver happens to live in Felton. He knows this building, and he knows someone that comes here, so it might be one of you. Um, and he says he'll come along this Christmas. Isn't that amazing? Just one simple invitation, one simple conversation. Um, and secondly, I want to introduce you to my, my little friend, Sam. I think there's a picture of Sam here. Sam is two years old, but he came up to me this morning. He told me he's going to be three tomorrow. So it's a, it's a big weekend in their household. Um, and he's been quite hard at work this week, out delivering postcards as well, you can see. And he's loving it. I mean, who wouldn't want to be part of that? So I, I just want to encourage you, if Sam can go out and deliver a few postcards, then I think most of us are probably capable of doing the same. So please 
the, bas- the baskets are going to go round right now. Um, and, and could you just, you know, grab a couple of packs? I don't want to see any of those left by the end of the 11.15 service, okay? And, um, and then, you know, go and bless some neighbours. Maybe throw a chocolate in as well, you know, be nice. And um, let, let's be expecting that um, some of the invitations that we put out there, who knows what might happen with that. Wonderful. So do just grab a, a couple of packs as those baskets go round. And if anything, I, I just want to encourage you more than anything else, if we can just be a little bit more like Sam this week, then that's a good thing, isn't it? Sam is, Sam's awesome. So, I think they're nearly done. Are we nearly there? Okay, we're nearly there. Let's, let's crack on. Um, so, um, the start of December today um, is known in the Christian calendar as Advent. Um, and Advent is, of course, such a wonderful time just to eat chocolate. Um, and obviously, there's many more things that we can do in that time as well. Advent is a time to wait. It's a time to make space for God. It's a time to remember and a time to encounter Jesus and to be expectant of the coming King. Now, in the midst of all the busyness that we find ourselves in, it can be really hard to actually slow down and take stock of what's coming coming um, ahead of us. You know, so often we can get to the end of the Christmas season and like, oh, it happened again, you know. But actually, we just want to just really encourage you just to be able to slow down and just to listen out for his voice and just to be expecting of what he wants to do. Um, one of the things we've done to try and help us is to, uh, we produce an Advent Bible readings uh, for you to engage with over this season as well. Um, there at the, um, by the information point at the welcome area at the back there, please do grab a copy of that on your way out today. We'd love you to be engaging with that across this season. But you know, my prayer is that not only would we find, you know, in, an encounter Jesus over these next few weeks, but we actually find space and room to wait for him today, to wait for the coming king. You know, we do experience, there's so much chaos and uncertainty in our world right now, isn't there? You know, that might be in our own personal lives as we approach Christmas. There's, there's huge pressure to spend money we might not have. There's, um, you know, we remember those that are no longer with us. Or in the wider world, you know, with all the political um, and climate and, and terror, the uncertainty that that brings, the wars that we see around the world. But this morning, we're going to read a few verses from the book of Isaiah. Now, this part of Isaiah was written 700 years before even Jesus was born. But this passage points towards a great light that is coming. And, and it's this message of hope that actually speaks into our own world today, just as much as it did 3,000 years ago. And and I believe it's a message we all need to hear because this light that is coming changes everything. So whether you've been following Jesus for years or you've just walked in here for the first time today, I hope what I share is helpful for you this morning. We're going to read from the book of Isaiah in just a moment. Can I just pray for us and pray for uh, for our ears just to be open to hear what the Lord wants to say to us? So Lord, at the beginning of Advent, at the beginning of this season, Lord, I, I want to pray that um, you would speak to us, that our ears would be open to 
um, to hear this message afresh, for the, for, for, with new ears, with fresh ears, for the first time or for the many thousand times we've heard it. Lord, would you speak to us this morning, use these words I've prepared just to speak truth and light and life into our lives today. In the name of Jesus, amen. So if you can turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9, you may have a paper Bible with you, you may have some kind of device with you, otherwise the words are going to come up behind me um, on the screen here. So we're going to start from verse 1. And it says this, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. But as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined to burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Amen. Have you ever noticed um, the significance that one tiny light can make? Even in pitch darkness, one tiny candle or torch can break into the darkness. And the darkness is no longer dark. But these verses talk to us about the impact of a great light. So I want to start by just thinking about who or what is this light. Verse 2 talks about a great light coming, a light that has dawned. And we'll get to that in a moment, but let's just focus on Isaiah just for a moment. You know, Isaiah is the most famous of the prophets in the Old Testament. Now in their day, prophets um, weren't always that well received. They spoke out against the rulers of the day and with call God's people back to him, usually when they were quite happy going in the opposite direction, sometimes literally in Jonah's case. The prophets call the people, both the ordinary ones as well as the rulers and the authorities, to look beyond what they see in front of them and point towards the future, good or bad. And so much of what Isaiah writes about points to a coming king, a Messiah who comes to save. And this is the great light that we've just read about. If we jump forward 700 years, Matthew chapter 4 says this. He says, he, and, and that means Jesus, went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. Do you recognize those names? To fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, 
the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Matthew points directly back to the verses that we just read in Isaiah. Jesus is the great light. Now, in the first two verses of Isaiah, the prophet talks about how oppressed these lands would become. But Isaiah is saying that it won't always be that way. The people in walking, it puts it, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Now, where did Jesus start to preach and to teach? In Galilee, that very same place that Isaiah spoke about all those years before. And you know, as we go through the Gospels, there are so many references to Jesus as light. John 1 verse 4 says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And Jesus was light, and that life was the light of all mankind. And in fact, Jesus himself, he refers to himself as the light of the world in John chapter 12. He says, I have come into the world as light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. And Isaiah speaks about these things with such certainty, as though they've already happened. None more so than in verse 6. I believe these are some of the most remarkable verses in any of the prophetic books. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, why and how could a baby be called all these things? The reason is that the baby being born, the son that is given, is the son of God, Jesus. Now, some Jewish commentators over the years have said that Isaiah had to have been talking about a different king. And, and there was a future king called Hezekiah that they kind of flung all their hopes on, it being him. But this guy, Hezekiah, he did some good things, but he wasn't God. I mean, he definitely wasn't everlasting because we read about his death and it wasn't a particularly nice death either. This light is Jesus. Isaiah then calls this great light wonderful counselor. Now, counselors, they bring comfort, they bring strength, wisdom, knowledge, health, and guidance. He calls him mighty God, everlasting father. You know, God is he's the perfect father. So whatever our dad was like, good or bad or somewhere in between, he's so much more than that. He's also the father of eternity. Now, he's beyond anything that we can comprehend. And finally, he's called the Prince of Peace. He rules. He's in charge, but he doesn't rule with guns and weapons. He rules in peace. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that incredible? That he rules with peace. He upholds his rule with that. So, you know, what does this light that Isaiah is talking about, what is it that it brings? Well, there's a few things that Isaiah talks about in the first five verses that I think we're all in need of more of. The first thing he talks about is hope. In the very first verse, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations. This isn't some kind of hope we kind of put on and, and just wish the pain would go away. The type that the dictionary talks about um, just wanting something to, to happen or to be true. 
It's the real hope that we read about in Hebrews 11. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. You see, there's a certainty about this kind of hope. You know, all around us we can see that this world is in a mess, that it's in chaos. But this is hope that sees beyond our present situation. It sees beyond Brexit. It sees beyond election. It points to something so much more incredible than any of those things could be. It's a hope that helps us to lift our heads and see that God is there. Not only in times of joy and celebration, but through our pain and through our suffering. Because he walks with us through it all. You know, often when we're in the midst of our own problems, and I think we all experience this, it can feel like our problems and our hard times are never going to end. But although God may not always take us around our problems or bring an end to it, God will always lead us safely through them. He will always be there with us. And Isaiah continues in verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You see, he offers us a new start. A light has dawned. A new day has come. You know, it doesn't matter who we are, what we've done, what we ourselves or others think about us. There is always hope for a new start. There is a new day. Every day there are new mercies, the psalmist says. There is new life. And this is the redemptive story of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. That God so loved this world. That he so loved you and you and you and you. That he sent his one and only son, the great light. That if you believe in him, you shall not perish, but you will have eternal life. And that is the gift he offers each one of us this morning. So at the start of this season of Advent, there is no better time to say yes to him. In fact, it's something we can do day by day by day. You know, he loves to hear our yes before we even get up in the morning. We're going to have an opportunity to pray a little bit later. Now, Isaiah continues in verse 3. He says, You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. This great light brings joy. You know, the problem with joy is that I think we can often confuse it with just being happy. But if we are always thinking about being happy, happiness is always going to leave us disappointed. Because happiness is based around what's going on around us, and we know that we can't control that at all. You know, we feel happy until the car breaks down. We feel happy until the garage brings another leak. That's where I'm at right now. Um, or we have a row with a loved one. Or we experience sickness or bereavement. You know, happiness is driven by what happens on the outside, our circumstances. Whereas joy comes as a result of what's being placed inside us. It's experiencing all that life throws at us and yet not allowing situations to change us. Joy is coming to a place where we can voice our struggles. We can be honest about the things we're feeling hurt and distressed about. Yet allowing ourselves to be reminded of 
and his love for us, knowing that he is in control and he will lead us through these things. Knowing that whilst life gives us highs and lows, ultimately we know that all will be made well. So wherever we find ourselves this morning, as we enter this season of Advent, are we going to let our circumstances dictate how we plow through this season? Or are we going to let the joy that is inside us dictate how we live this, these next few weeks and beyond? Verse 4 continues. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. This light will shatter our burdens. You know, I think there's many things that we carry around with us that we don't need to carry around. We struggle with our identity. And we can so easily carry around a false perception of who we are and who we aren't. I think it's one of the biggest things we struggle with in society today. We struggle with the burden of broken relationships, of money, addiction, depression, anxiety. But Isaiah says, you, the light, Jesus, have shattered the yoke that burdens. In Matthew 11, we read that Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. He sang about this earlier as well, didn't he? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, for many of us this morning, I just sense that these are words that we really need to hear at the start of Advent, at the start of December, coming towards the end of another year. Come to Jesus. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Come to him and receive this gift that he gives you, this gift of life this gift of true rest. And then finally, verse 5, Isaiah talks about the great light bringing peace. And I love this. And it's, um, it's a great verse. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. God will use, in other words, God will use everything that is used to destroy, everything that's used to maim, and use it to bring light. He will use it as fuel for the fire. Now, fire brings heat. It refines, but it also brings light. More light. Isn't that awesome? Now, in the U.S., um, you know, there's this huge gun problems over there. And, and, and a bunch of Christians have cho- chosen to, to speak out against this and actually to do something really practical about it. And one of the most powerful things they've done is to take guns and turn them into tools that plow the land. I want to say it's something that Isaiah spoke about in earlier verses as well. What was once used to destroy is being used to fuel love, to fuel food and life. Isn't that amazing, just uh, turning something that was once used to hurt and bringing it to bring something completely different? You see, this light, it brings hope. It offers each of us a new start. It brings joy. It shatters burdens, and it brings peace. And so at the start of Advent, I just wonder what we need more of today. And maybe one of those things, it may just be simply to come to Him, to be captivated by the light. To 
absolutely childlike wonder of all that is coming over these next few weeks. To come to the newborn king. To let his light fill the darkness around us this Advent. And I just want to take some time now, just for a minute. I'm just going to be, we're just going to be completely quiet. And I just want you just for a minute, you may know Jesus, you may not be. But I believe he's there and he's reaching out to you. What do you need from him today? I'm just going to wait in silence just for a minute. Just for a moment, you know, one of the things that I, I just sensed as we, as I was preparing uh, for this call, was just that there are people here that, that don't yet know Jesus, and you know, you may not have said yes to Jesus yet, and, and I just want to give you the opportunity to do that now, to encounter this great light that shines into the darkness. And so, what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to pray a prayer, and I just want to invite you to make that prayer your own. If it's not between you and anybody else, I just encourage you to close your eyes, bow your head. It's just between you and him. You may be praying this for the first time. You may be praying it for the 10,000th time. It's all good because, you know, we need to keep saying yes to him. There there are people who have not yet made that commitment. I just want to lead us in a prayer now. Jesus, thank you for coming into this world. Thank you for shining a light, a great light into this darkness, amidst the chaos and the uncertainty that we see around us. Lord, I'm so sorry for all the things that I, I have done and I do wrong. And this morning I choose to turn away from those things and to put my trust and my hope in you, the light Would you come and fill me with your Holy Spirit? Let me know that you are there. Let me know how much you love me. And that when you 